Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Little Egypt Sports Podcast. I'm your host Todd Hefferman and with me today is sports editor Les Winkler. Bucky Den is on vacation. Um, we're Les and I are both coming back from vacations. Uh, we're happy to be back with the sports season in full swing and the Speak for yourself. summer uh, slowly. Slowly coming to an end, and before you know it, it'll be August 1st, and, and SIU football practice will begin. Um, they will have uh, seven road games, uh, two of them against FBS opponents. Uh, one of them is drivable for most fans to Arkansas State. The other one is not. Uh, we're going to UMass, uh, I think, in the second game of the year, because uh, it's like September 6th or September 7th, something like that, um, after they open at... SEMO. So those will be two very tough games to start, very tough schedule. What would you consider progress for the football team, considering they have two <laughs> new coordinators? Uh, they had two wins last year, but they they return a lot of good players on defense primarily. Uh, DJ Davis, Landon Lennar, and uh, Javon Williams. Jeremy uh, uh, he's not on offense. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you said defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. But then I was naming off a couple of the oh, offensive okay. players because they've lost a lot on offense, uh, including their quarterbacks and their leading receiver, who uh, should have been a second-team all-conference receiver, Ralph Leonard, who is trying to make the NFL. So what would you consider progress? I mean, they could be better and still be 4-8 and eight with the schedule they have. That, 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 that is, that is a, a heck of a question. And, I mean, this is a critical year for Nick Hill. Uh, uh, he's in his fourth year. Um, uh, Jerry Kill has shown in the past uh, 18 months that he doesn't uh, that he doesn't accept losing. Uh, but uh, the, the schedule is just absolutely brutal. I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> there have been years in the past where you you know you look at that opening game at Semo and you figure that's a W. But uh, uh, Tuke has kind of got that program turned around. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight, especially over there. Two FBS schools. Uh, uh, wow, that uh, that's you know they can't give up fifty points a game like they did. I think five times last year. Yeah, uh, that's that's going to be a benchmark. Um, they were. It, it was a strange year last year. They uh, they were very competitive, and uh, I think they lost five games by a touchdown or less. But then in five games, they gave up fifty points. And um, right, you know, I I think that's one way to measure it. Um, Offensively, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it was kind of a patchwork year. Um, uh, uh, Somer kind of came out of nowhere and had to fill in a quarterback, which you know, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see that coming as a way to. I, I did like their running game last year. Uh, DJ Davis is, has uh, blossomed into a really fine running back. And uh, I, I think they're going to be capable of scoring. I, a Nick Hill, a Nick Hill coach team is always going to move the football and score. I think, but yeah, defense is defense is where it's got to start. And giving up fifty points a game just isn't acceptable. And they do have, I mean, they do have a significant amount of talent. They've tried to upgrade their talent at the defensive back, and they've had some really bad luck the last two years, particularly at cornerback, losing six or seven guys. Uh, they lost their three of their top four uh, in the first couple weeks of the season to season-ending injuries. You know, you always think, maybe okay, maybe I'll lose one or two, but they lost six last year. They lost 
two or three uh, yeah. the year before. And they lost a linebacker early in the year too, which Cody Kreider made Kreider. a big made a big difference. Yeah, right. I Cody, agree. He 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 was a nice player, but uh, you know, that's injuries happen everywhere. And now now the SIU the 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 string of injuries they had was was remarkable, and I think that contributed to. That contributed to uh, the losing record, particularly late in the year. They were just kind of beat up, and they were playing kids who um, <clears throat> they were actually starting kids who were pretty much buried in the depth chart early in the year. Mm. So um, it's it, it's going to be an interesting year. I <clears throat> I certainly I don't want to predict a record. Um, Wins are gonna. I still think wins are gonna be hard to come by. But like as you as you said, that that may not be the best uh, yardstick for this team this year. They uh, just a programming note. Uh, we have to turn in the preseason poll the next couple of days and the <clears throat> preseason teleconference. Uh, the coaches teleconference from the Missouri Valley Football Conference is scheduled for July 29th. So the preseason poll will come out either that day or the day after, depending on how they do it. Um, I think SIU was picked eighth last year. I can't imagine they're going to be any higher than that. <coughs> and, they haven't done anything to warrant to warrant that. And, and North Dakota is coming into the league next season, uh, so that will give them 11 teams next season unless somebody uh, moves out. Uh, so that will be a little interesting. And SIU is supposed to play them in the 2020 season. I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a way – you know, and and the the league proves year in and year out that it's, if not the best, one of the one of the top two FCS pro, uh, uh, conferences in the country. Uh, th- their postseason success is, is is unparalleled. So, you know, the, they're they're playing in the, they're playing in the best conference at their level. Uh, two FBS games this year, ouch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll be a challenge, but uh, excited to see what they can do and. Uh... Uh, college football is kind of getting started now with a couple of the awards coming out. Um, and then uh, prep football practice will start the middle of – does it start early August or does it start it's, the middle of August? The season, the season starts last Friday in, um, in uh, August, and it starts two weeks prior to that. So just I don't have a calendar in front of me, so I don't, and I don't have the dates committed to memory, but two weeks out from the, the final Friday in uh, – in August, uh, you know, I, I really kind of wish that they would they would change that format. Uh, I, I would much prefer seeing them start maybe a week earlier and get rid of the uh, contact days in the summer. I just um, I think that would allow kids to to have some downtime if they like uh, throughout the course of the summer, and uh, it just you know maybe participate in other sports. You know, maybe if they wanted to play Legion baseball, or they were on a travel baseball team, or just I, I, I just uh, just compress just compress it there at the end and just work your way into the season. I I really wish they would consider that. I've never seen anybody even bring it up, but it just seems like a smart idea to me. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered two weeks before your first game, and and you know the the coaches say, well, you get a couple of days, the contact days, but it's <clears throat> it's not the same as practice. Right. I mean, you're you're spending some of it with the seven on seven. You're spending some of it doing uh, you know just shirts and shorts. Uh, I, I wish they had more time, especially with that 
that kind of sport to, to get ready for it. But maybe, maybe two weeks is ideal with the injury risk. Yeah, and, you know, granted, things are different than they were um, 20 years ago. Kids stay in shape. It's, you know, it's, they, they, do, they, do other, they do other things or they work on football. They're in the weight room all year round. It's not like, uh, it's not like in the old days like when I went to school where when football season was over, you, you put the helmets and pads up in the late October and uh, you picked them up again in August. So, um and, and the way people approach the game and conditioning and training has really, has really changed. But I, I, I just don't quite understand the need for contact days during the summer um, when you could just do it at the beginning of the season and just work your way in. A 17-, 18-year-old kid isn't going to lose muscle memory in a couple of months' time. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, it just makes sense to me, but... I'm, I'm not. I'm not the guy making the rules. <laughs> well, and, and then if we happen to get a team uh, into the state championship, you'll be able to see that game on local television starting uh, this year. Uh, WSIL Channel Three um, out of Carterville. Although I read a story, it's based. It's out of Harrisburg. Of the. Um, it used to be based there. I don't know why they're. They're maybe, maybe they're corporation papers or something. But yeah, it used to be. Used to be the television tower was right downtown in Harrisburg, right near, right near the courthouse. So, well, I pass the office every time I go back to my uh, yeah, home right. in Harris. I, 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 so I do that too. So, so they they've they're going to pick up as part of like a, a multi-station deal. They're going to pick up all the, all eight classes. Uh, I'm assuming uh, the state championships. You'll be able to see them on local television, plus the boys' basketball championships and the women's the girls' basketball championships as well. So I will. Uh, I will enjoy that, but I will also wonder, I mean, this is around November, so what are they going to cut out? Are they cutting out NFL football or college football on that Saturday then to, to do it? That's possible. So this I, is an ABC affiliate. Right. But I, 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 think it's, I think it's a great idea for the prep sports. Um, interest, interest in the state championships has been lagging badly over the last 15 years. I it's a complex issue. There are all sorts of factors playing in, but I, I think local exposure on local television it, it, it can do nothing but help, in my opinion. I, I don't know that it will that it will drive attendance, you know, in, in the in the next few years or whatever. But just just having it on television and exposing more people to it, I, I think will be I think will be a benefit. And you know, maybe they'll pick up uh, you know a couple thousand fans statewide that you know will the next year will pay attention uh we we had a at, at a minors game uh one night there was a rain delay or something and we had a all the all the inks uh, all the people in the press box were just trying to uh just brainstorming about what's going on with with the the lack of attendance at state uh, championship events and one of the things we did talk about is the lack of uh, tv exposure for the state championships so i, I think it, i think it's a very good thing and the uh, you know the prep sports season, the golf season will start soon. Um, the minors are uh, tied for the final playoff spot in the Frontier League as we kind of enter the second half. Um, percentage points, they have a, a better record uh, than I think it's Schaumburg that's also had got 28 wins. They are eight games out of the division lead, but the best team in the Frontier League by 10 wins is in their division. Correct. So if they don't win the division. Uh, they can still just they just have to get the second or third or fourth best record after that, uh, pretty much the third or fourth best record. And the East Division, they're they're all they're all bunched up right around five hundred. 
Yeah. So uh, if, if the miners, it's been an interesting season for the miners. They um, uh, two signings have have hurt them quite a bit. Nick Duran was their kind of a lights out closer early in the year, and he got signed by Seattle. And then uh, right before the All Star break, Brian Flate got picked up by the uh, by the uh, Cincinnati Reds. And Flate was he he's kind of a throwback baseball player. Uh, he just hits the ball where they ain't like. It used to be common sense to baseball to do instead of without the shift. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, he it was impossible to shift him because he he was just a master at, at uh, uh, flicking the ball to uh, left field if they threw it outside to him, and if they threw it inside, he'd, he'd yank it and turn on it. Just uh, just kind of a magician with the bat. I haven't seen anybody I haven't seen anybody do that in a long time, and uh, he he wasn't trying to he wasn't swinging from the heels. He wasn't worried about exit velocity. He was worried about the the ball landing on the grass where nobody could catch it, and he was hitting 360 when he was signed. So he was doing a pretty good job of it, and it's left kind of a left kind of a hole in the minors lineup. Uh, uh, they they played about seven games uh, without him now, and they're he he was just a prototypical leadoff guy that uh, is, is difficult to replace. They're kind of uh, in the last seven games, they just kind of uh, put people in different positions. They're trying to figure that out right now, which is one of the hazards of the Frontier League, I guess, mm-hmm. and minor league baseball in, in in general, because people are always moving around. But it will be it'll be interesting to see what happens in the second half. And, and as the second half starts, uh, the, the St. Louis Cardinals are, are right there in the mix. There's only five and a half games between the division-leading Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds, who are in last place and who the Cubs can't seem <laughs> to beat. <coughs> so you think the Cardinals will be there at the end? It comes down It comes down to pitching, as it always does, and the Cardinal pitching is just a flip of a coin. I mean, you don't, you don't know. I mean, you know, when 38-year-old Matt uh, Adam Wainwright is your most reliable starter, that's not a good omen. Um, Flaherty's got all kinds of stuff and can't seem to throw enough strikes to get through the sixth inning. Miles Michaelis had a great year last year, pitched a brilliant game uh, uh, Monday night, but uh, he's been, been giving up home runs and, uh, by hands full. And uh, offensively, they just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's feast or famine. They score seven runs or, or get four hit. So it's, it's I don't know. They, they, they do play good defense. They do run the bases pretty well. If they put the ball in play a little bit, they've, I think they've got enough ability to be there. But um, it's, it's, it still comes down to starting pitching. Yeah, it sounds, sounds kind of like how the Cubs are going, too. They, they have a great start from you, Darvish. And our bullpen blows it in the eighth inning, and they end up winning uh, by a couple of runs after Jason Hayward took the lead back. I think in the bottom half of the eighth. But who's having a pretty good year? As in, yeah, Hayward. I agree. Yeah, I went, the year the year he played with the Cardinals, he was the best offensive player on that team. He was the best player on the team. He's outstanding outfielder with a with a with a plus arm and uh, does does a good job out there. I you know I. I became a Jason Hayward fan the year he was in St. Louis. I really enjoyed watching him play. After the Cubs won the World Series, and he played a big part in that uh, to try to motivate them to win that Game 7, um, I've always believed I don't care if he hits 200 the rest of the time. Like I'll always be a Jason Hayward fan, and I'm glad to see he's he's lived up to not just getting by. I think he's really improved this year and tried to been clutch and, and tried to make a difference on offense as he's always made a difference on defense. But. Well, and conversely, um, 
the Cardinals are finally getting some production out of. Uh, um, God, I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Dexter Fowler. Uh, Fowler's starting to hit the ball pretty well. He's, <laughs> they're shifting against him when he bats left-handed all the time. He he got a couple base hits to left field in the last uh, couple games and made a brilliant defensive play uh, last night in the win over the over the Pirates, going back to the warning track and made a leaping catch. Uh, uh, that's kind of the that's kind of the baseball player I expected the Cardinals were going to get when they acquired Fowler too. Well, we'll see how the second half plays out. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, to subscribe to the Southern Illinoisan, go to thesouthern.com or call 618-529-5454. Thanks for joining us.